miss. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. You can be seated for just a moment. Amen. A couple things I want to amen say tonight. Amen. And we're we're getting some old folks in the church. You know, getting some age on them. So, amen. Happy birthday to all the February birthday folks. Happy birthday. Amen. Amen. I didn't get announced this Sunday, but uh, uh, I meant to because it was Mission Sunday. But Brother Hampshire, he's agreed to take on the missions department for the church. Amen. He's got our missions director. Uh, and trust me, he's got, he'll tell you, he's got plenty of experience. He's been all over the world. And uh, he's been places I'd love to go. Tokyo, I'd love to go to Tokyo over there. I've been the other side, but I've been on that side. So, Amen. Just uh, I'm excited about that, and uh, we'll be getting together and making some some decisions here about the movement of what we're going to do and support in the missions department. But I'm excited about that. Amen. 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 Grab your Bibles. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord. Thankful tonight. I had something already pinned out, but just you know, when you just can't feel it. Earlier last week, I had a couple things that I was going to talk about for tonight, but it just, uh, I just, uh, just had something different on my heart. I said, Lord, I just want to, I guess, get this off my chest because when you're, when you're doing some contrast stuff between scriptures, you're looking at some, what Jesus is saying, what, what's happening, and you're trying to put it together. I just feel like uh, the Lord's let me know that it might be helpful and encouraging to those that's going to be here tonight. So go with me to St. John chapter 4. We're going to read verses 13 and 14. Then we're going to flip back to St. John chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 and 5 there. But St. John chapter 4, <clears throat> you know, really both situations are, are very familiar. If you've been involved around the church very long, amen, you'll know these, this will be a little bit of a reminder. St. John chapter 4, uh, picking up at verse number 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, somebody say this water, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him, him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Flip back, amen, to chapter 3, uh, verse number 1. Chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. Verse number 5. Jesus answered in talking to him. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. Somebody say water. And of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I want to talk tonight a little bit about the contrast between these two situations. The woman at the well in chapter 4, and Nicodemus in chapter 3. Amen. But verse 5, I just want to draw from that. Amen. Born of water. I want to talk about the water up from the well. Somebody say, from the well. 
Amen. You could be seated. How many know Jesus is that well? Amen. He's that well. So keep that in mind tonight as we move through this. But I'll, I just want to take a few moments and kind of point out some things that have been laying heavy on me for a few days. And I've learned over the last 40 years in ministry that when the Lord wants something or when there's something there, you, you just kind of seek it out. You just search it out. But I want to talk tonight about the contrast between Jesus' encounter with a Samaritan woman and uh, at the well in, in uh, John 4, but also the encounter in John 3 with Nicodemus. He was, uh, he was uh, somebody special. Uh, two, different, two totally different people in, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different aspects. In fact, Nicodemus has a name. <laughs> the woman at the well, we don't even know who she was. But I want to show you something. I want to point out something. And I hope it encourages some folks tonight because sometimes we think we're nothing. Sometimes we think we're just nobody. Sometimes we feel like we're just insignificant. But I want, I want you to see something here between these two because we know she was, had no name. She was just uh, the woman at the well that the Lord encountered. And we know, if you, and I only read a few scriptures here to save time, but we know the story of her life. Uh, she was a, a rough woman, had been married five times, uh, and uh, she'd been through a lot of things, and she'd come to the well for a, spe uh, a, a special time, particular time, uh, because of her feeling of worth. And so I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. We know about Nicodemus. We know Nicodemus in John 3. We know Nicodemus was a, he was a member, a high-ranking member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, that's the Sanhedrin, that's the, like the Supreme Court, the tribunal of the Jews. And uh, it was headed by a high priest. And they had uh, control, they had say over the religious and over the civil and over the criminal jurisdiction of the Jews. So he was a member of a high-ranking court. Today, we would, uh, we would uh, equate that to almost like a Supreme Court. We would equate that to somebody that would have some say and so Nicodemus was a man of, of, of great stature that way. But I want you to see the contrast between the two. Because there's strike, there's stri I mean, obviously, there's strikingly different differences. There's things that are totally different, but different. But I want you to see something that in that difference is a good thing. Look at your neighbor and say it's a good thing. <laughs> because I was thinking about this and looking at the two. In today's terms, if you look at the, the social distance between Nicodemus and the woman at the well, I mean, so, I mean, socially, the social distance would, I mean, from almost polar opposites uh, when it comes to their comparison of life and uh, who they were and what they were about. But I want to point out something because in John 3, Nicodemus, he was respected, and Jesus has an encounter with him. And he, he, he lets him know. Uh, and in fact, if you put up verse 10 for me uh, of John 3, Jesus lets him know. And Jesus calls him master. What does that mean? He calls him a teacher. That's what master means. He calls him a teacher. Jesus refers to him and said, aren't you a master of Israel? And you don't even know the things that I'm saying to you because what he told him was, he said, I want you to know you've got to be born again of water and of spirit. And Nicodemus couldn't wrap his mind around that. You know, some would say uh, we can get so educated, and I've grown up 
being old school, street smart. Uh, you know, you could be so book smart that you don't have no common sense. We can be so spiritually minded, high minded, that we can be no earthly good. Oh, my Lord. I don't want to turn somebody off because I think I'm somebody in the Lord. But Nicodemus was, he was, uh, uh, you know, someone that, and Jesus referenced him and looked at, looked at him and said, listen, you're a teacher. You are teaching the Jews. Now, understand something. Basically what Jesus is telling me, you're teaching my people. Because didn't Jesus come to the Jews first? He come to the lost sheep of Israel first and was rejected. What did he do? He went to the Gentiles. He went to, amen, the mixed blood. He went to the hated ones. He, he went to those that, that were looked down upon. And that's what we find in the Samaritan. A Samaritan was considered a dog in the eyes of the Jews. Wasn't looked upon very well at all, regardless of their background. Just being a, a excuse me, just being a Samaritan. But look at this. The woman at the well, that's just all we know her by. She was a, now get this because she was really a despised member of a despised community. Isn't that something? How many, how many sometimes don't feel like you fit in anywhere? I'm starting to feel that more and more. Sometimes I come to church and wonder if I fit in the church because I see the church changing so much. It is. People change. We, we roll with fads. We roll with every doctrine, every wind of doctrine that, that blows in. And, amen. We, 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 I mean, church has become like the restaurant, like a smorgasbord on every corner. If we don't like Mexican today, we'll go to the Italian. And I'm disappointed, by the way. Johnny Carino's is closed down. That breaks my heart, but uh, that's, another, that's another message. But look at the difference. She was from a she was a despised member of a despised community. She's living a life uh, that, for lack of better words, is 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 in dire straight direness. Uh, and now she's at the well, uh, and Jesus encounters her. And the scripture says it was around noontime. It's around the sixth hour. That's noontime. Now, in tradition, knowing this, in tradition then, the women would come and get water early in the morning. That was the tradition. So it shows us that she's there at noon, high noon, in the heat of the day to get water because she didn't, she didn't feel worthy to be around the others. And I'm sure there was probably some things said. How many of those people can be mean, can say things, be harsh, uh, it could have been nothing. Nothing anybody said. It could have been, been. Could have been just simply she didn't feel worthy to be out, be around anybody else because she didn't see herself. Uh, you know, didn't have very much self esteem. It could be all those things, and and there's a lot of things in life that will make us feel like we're failures. Look at your neighbor and say, "Thank the Lord for Jesus." He sees past that stuff. He was there. He was, look, not only was she there in the heat of the day at noon, he's there in the heat of the day at noon. In fact, I want you to know something. While they had, were gone, and there's a whole different 
I don't want to take too much time. Yeah, but there's a whole different area that we can look at in this. While they went to go get some food, he stays there. And I want you to know something. Even after, and after all this encounter, when they come back with food, guess what? He's not hungry anymore. He's about his father's business. Anyway, just kind of put that in the back of your mind. But the hottest time of the day, amen, it was, it was, a, it was just a time. And that's where he finds the Samaritan woman. Now, put up John 3, 5. Because Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born of water. You must be born again of water and of spirit. That's hence the message, water from the well. That comes from Christ. The woman's trying to get water out of the well, and Jesus tells her, amen, if you had this water, uh, you would not never thirst again. So see the contrast between the two. Don't let, don't let that get lost in a shovel. But Jesus tells Nicodemus. Now, Jesus is telling. Now, look, the professor is telling the professor. The teacher is telling the teacher. And then we can decide which one will be the student. Because Jesus is schooling the master, the teacher. And he tells Nicodemus, you must be born of water. You must be born again. Now, in John 4 and 10, Jesus offers the Samaritan woman living water. What's that mean, living water? Running water, life-giving water. You see, she's thinking about a well. Nicodemus is thinking about being born again in a mother's womb. Both of them are trying to figure out what Jesus is saying. Amen. It, 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 you know, for lack of better words, I mean, the Lord's doing some double talking here. He, he's kind of playing some games, or if we would call today. He was, he's some word game, play on words to where he's telling them something, but they're not grasping it. How many feel that way sometimes? Sometimes the Lord may be dealing with you, maybe in a message, maybe in teaching, maybe, maybe in life experience. God's trying to, to, to show you something, and, you know, for a minute, we just don't get it. Uh, trust me, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around things. Truthfully. Yeah, like I've said before, I don't ever, I don't care how old we get, I don't care how old you are, I don't ever want to be content. I'm not satisfied here. I don't think we can ever find satisfaction here on this earth, especially once we've been born again. I don't think we'll ever find true satisfaction on this earth as Christians, as true believers. I really don't. And so, because if we're not careful, we'll let our eyes wander. We'll look around and say, oh, my Lord. And when we see things and we allow things, it infiltrates our heart, our mind, and we dwell on things. But he says, listen, I'm going to give you this running water, this living water. Now, that's a, that's a stark difference between what she came to draw from the well. From the well was just standing water, if you would. Just water, cool water, just a drink. Just listen to me. Listen, and get this, because so many today, and, and we're all guilty, we, and, and we learn this in stages in life. Sometimes we think the older folks, but sometimes we still struggle as well as older folks, no matter how long we've been serving God. But notice that this is just, the water was just temporary. Get it? Life, 
that Jesus was speaking to, to Nicodemus, what, what must I do? Because the difference is Nicodemus come to Jesus in private. He had a reputation to uphold. So he comes to Jesus in, in private because he'd heard of so many miracles, heard so much about the Lord. I know it struck a nerve with him, and he wanted to find out, is this the promised Messiah? And so he meets with Jesus privately, and Jesus talks to him about something temporary versus something eternal. You see, this life, that's why we must be born again. This life is temporary. Being born again gives us the experience, amen, of having eternal life. Jesus tells the woman at the well, Amen. You can drink of this water. That's just temporary. But what I have, you'll never thirst again. I wish we could get this. Young people, get this young. Get this now. Because when we see the contrast between these two people, one seemed like they had everything in life together. Nicodemus was, uh, had a pattern of life already set. He was a teacher. He, was, he, was, he, had, he had all kinds of uh, experience under his belt. He had all kinds of things going for him. The other didn't. The other had bad experience after bad experience. Now, I want, you, I want this to seek in. I want, I, just, I want it to soak in because that's really where the Lord's really been dealing with me. Sometimes we just we get to feeling like, man, it, it, I... I just can't understand why I can't get past some things. But watch, you'll never get past some things until you allow the Lord to explain. And when he explains it, when the word of God comes forth, sometimes we don't get it immediately. Because look at what Nicodemus said. He said, how can these things be? If you read on, how can these things be? How, how can I enter my mother's womb? How can I go back and be born again? And Jesus clarifies and says, you must be born of water and of spirit. We can't do this on our own. If you're trying to do it on your own, stop in your tracks, ask God to forgive you and say, Lord, help me to trust you more. Oh, don't repeat a prayer after somebody. That's not going to help you. It's got to be from your heart. You've got to be able to see where you're at. Jesus in both, what I like about this, Jesus in both cases, contrast or not, Jesus in both cases shows them, takes them to a place to where they can put it together and they have to decide themselves. You're a smart man, Nicodemus. You know what water is. Yeah, but that's not what... Uh, listen, look at me, look at me. He was a religious man. He wasn't somebody off the streets. He's supposed to know. That's why Jesus, you're supposed to know these things. You're supposed to know what's going to transpire when the Messiah comes. You're a teacher of the Jews. You're supposed to be teaching him to prepare for me. And you're asking me, and I'm telling you what you need. You need to be born again of what? He didn't say, Nicodemus, you need to go back to the books. You missed something. You're not going to get this in book knowledge. You're not going to get this being highly educated. In fact, if you're not careful, you'll miss it for that very reason. Because we get to the place where we think we're so smart. Don't we? Oh, come on, we do. Let's be honest. 
you know, we get a big way. We'll figure this out. I got this. When really what we just really need to do is just be humble. If, if Nicodemus would have been humble and said, well, Lord, help me through this because you know, <laughs> you know how I've been taught. You know what I'm supposed to know. And I, I hear you, but I, I don't know it. You see, if we'll just be honest with God, watch me now. Hello, that's the key. Look at the Samaritan woman. Jesus asked her about her husband. And, and she, she didn't, she, I don't want to say she tried to lie, but she tried not to reveal it all. Well, the one I'm living with, we're not married. Well, you said the right thing because you've been married five times. Jesus, I mean, he just laid it out there. When we're truthful, God can do something with it. When we're honest, God can take care of it. That's what he come there for. Because he said before, because if you'll understand before, prior, Jesus went around Samaria. They never went through Samaria. But now he says, I must needs go through Samaria. And the first encounter we see, he said, with the woman at the well, going through Samaria. Where before he avoided it. Look at your neighbor and say, it's revival time. Does the Lord know what he's doing? Does the Lord, can the Lord see past those things? He sure can. Look at it. Nicodemus, he wanted to know about how to be close to the Lord. Come on. He said with his lips, he said, he, he, listen, I, and obviously there must be a little something to it because he met with the Lord. So there was something there, something there that caused him to talk to Jesus. But Jesus wanted to know about how to be close and what he needed to do, amen, to the Savior. Are, are you the promised Messiah? So he asked Jesus what to do. And Jesus' answer was what? Look at me. Unordinary. Go be born again of water. What? What? Look at Jesus. His answer was unordinary. It, it wasn't theological. It wasn't deep. But it was what his mission on this earth was for. He come for salvation. Get this. And so now we find the woman at the well when Jesus encounters her. And first of all, she's surprised that a Jew's talking to a Samaritan. Don't be surprised if the Lord's dealing with you. Don't be surprised when the Lord shows up. Know that he's got a purpose. Know there's a reason. You've heard me say this in my life. I, I was a long-haired hippie and, I mean, loved all kind of, world, I mean, everything. I mean, I packed up my stereo, amen, my Pioneer stereo, my back seat. And I put it in my car and I took off to Florida. Was going to live at 16 years old, going to live my life in Florida. Wasn't afraid of work. Had a nice job up here, making four seventy an hour. It's back in the seventies, so catch up. Got down there, they just started building Win Dixie, and I got I got paid three dollars and ninety cents an hour to be a hot carrier. You talking about a big? I, I was 
was in a factory that had air conditioning. And then I, now I'm out here, amen, making less, working harder, and you can't satisfy block and brick layers. Trust me. You can't get the hot mix right. Too wet, too dry. And to top it off, I weighed 108 pounds. I did. I weighed 105 when I graduated. I did. I hired her to the prison in 1978. I weighed 124 pounds. I told Sister Laura all the time, I've been cheated. You got twice the man you married. Oh, it took you a while to figure that out, didn't it? You got to say some things to see if folks are listening. No. Look, he's not even supposed to be talking to her, but Jesus shows up. And the woman at the well, she was searching for something more. Her life wasn't fulfilled. She had all kinds of ups and downs, but notice this. I think, here's the thing. I think sometimes when we get to the place, and I think this is what we need to view her as, you get to the place where there's nothing else, you have no other resources, let the Lord. He knew that she, she'd exalted it by all the resources she knew she had. I mean, I, I believe she probably in her heart felt like this is it. The Lord knows where you're at. Come on, he knows the time of day you show up. He knows where you're trying to hide. He knows what we're trying to get away from. He's seen that in her. And she asked Jesus what he meant by living water. His answer was what? You already know it. Unordinary. Just like Nicodemus. Something that he wasn't prepared to understand or figure out or know that he should know. He tells her, amen, drink of this water, living water, not well water. He's telling her, I'm the well. When you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. Unordinary. Now she's trying to figure it out. St. John chapter 4, go to verse 39. Let me sum that, all that up. He says, <laughs> many of the Samaritans, notice this, many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for what? For what? The saving of the woman. Here she's still no name. Which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come out unto him, they besought him that he would what? Tarry with him, stay with him, and he abode there two more days. Look at that. Amazing. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have hurt him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see the contrast? 
Jesus encounters as far as life is concerned. What we do with it matters. What well you drink from matters. If you want to stay with the temporary, just keep on doing what you're doing. But look at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. We don't find anywhere where he went back and got any of those, uh, uh, any of those members, any of those converted. In fact, <coughs> if, excuse me, if you'll read and study on, you'll find out they became more of an enemy to Jesus. They're the ones that had him crucified. Life-speaking moments to two people contrasting. And the woman at the well who, I mean, most wouldn't even give the time of day to. Oh, that'll tell us. God sees you as somebody. I said the Lord sees you as somebody no matter what condition you think you're in. No matter what situation you think you're at, be encouraged and know that when the Lord shows up, when you feel the message and you hear a message, amen, the preacher preaches a message and say, listen, it's time that you're born again. Believe it. If you've never been baptized, get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've never repented, repent of your sins. Start the process of being born again. He told the smart one, and pardon me for the lack of wisdom word-wise, I'm not articulate. He told the wise one, you must be born again of water and spirit. He told the woman at the well, drink of this water. What water? Both unique situations for two different Two different lifestyles of people. And the one, watch, the one gets excited. I'm going to say this. You just have to forgive me. And just mark it down as well. He's old and crusty. If there's anything we're lacking in the church today is just that. Excitement. True excitement. I'm not talking about pumped up, hyped up, amen. I'm not talking about lights flashing, amen. The anointing has to be flowing so hard from the, amen, praise team and the music, uh, amen, that it'll get our attention. I'm talking about being excited by hearing the word of God, by hearing the Lord say, listen, amen, drink of this water and you'll never thirst again, amen. And running into town, look at, look at, she ran into town and began to witness to people, oh my Lord, I want you to meet the Messiah, amen, the man that told me everything think about myself he's here he's out there and they went out to hear the Lord why can't get nobody to come to church well quit trying to make something happen and live it and let them know that you let them see how real it is in your life come see what the Lord did for me I'm sure Mr. Demas went back well, guys, you know, I've, I've met the man. He's got some good qualities. He seems like a real nice guy. But I just don't know. He, he talking about being born again. That water and spirit stuff. You know, I, 
you know, I just don't get into all that spiritual stuff, you know. We've, we've got our way of doing things. Isn't that what you hear in the religious world today? Come on. Isn't that what you hear today? In, in, in what you hear today, amen, if you go to a church where they try to teach you, amen, try to get you to believe the word of God and believe it's absolute, guess what? It's a cult. Oh, they're trying to mind control you. All they want is your money. Really? Really? Get this. Because the contrast between the two, one goes, one that Jesus himself with his own words said, you should know, went back and we don't find anyone that was ever delivered by what he did or what he said. In fact, it got worse for Christ. But the woman at the well went to the city and you know what? It caused revival. Hey, the preacher had to stay for two more days. Man, I'd like to know what all happened. I bet you he read the pedigree of a lot. I bet they were lined up, amen. I bet they were lined up to hear about what they were and what they weren't. Not like today. We don't want nobody to know what we were or what we weren't. Let me rephrase that. What we is and what we isn't. too proud. I'm too proud. Listen, it didn't bother her. Why? Why? Because she'd already lost all of her pride. She had no other resource to go to. And when the Lord took the time, amen, to let her know who she really was, amen, guess what? Amen, she believed the Lord and she went and witnessed and she let them know about Jesus Christ. He's the contrast. He's the difference. Why is it? And I'm about to close. Yeah. Why is it? Now I'm, I'm talking to all of us. Why is it? We'll try everything else first. We'll, listen, we'll call up friends. We'll get advice from five or ten of our friends. We'll get advice from coworkers. We'll, we'll get scripts from the doctor. We'll make trip after trip. We'll do a lot of things before we'll say, Lord. And the Lord the whole time is saying, this is what you are. This is what you've been. But I want you to know it's all right because I'm talking to you. You're not no dog. You're not no piece of dirt. You're not no outcast. Come on, you're not in despair. Here. Because, you see, the Samaritans, we talk about the Jews, the Samaritans in study, the Samaritans had their own type of worship. And that's why he addressed it. Oh, yeah, they, they go up in the mountain, they worship. That's, that's your type of worship. And he, and, and he dealt with those things. Listen, it don't matter what your background is. Because I hear all the time, well, my daddy was a Baptist, my grandma was a Baptist, my dad, whatever it was. It don't make no difference. It don't make no, you've got to answer to God for what God is encountering with you. Nicodemus had to answer to the Lord what the Lord had. She had and guess, we see what the responses are. 
Look at your neighbor and say, brains don't get it. Common sense don't get it. Come on, common sense. Common sense is what Nicodemus used. Why well, I can't go back to my mother's womb and be born again. How's that possible? And the Lord said, marvel not. Listen, it's not, it's not. Understand what I'm saying. He said to the woman at the well, understand what I'm saying. This is not about water in the well. This is about water in the well. This is about the well of salvation. To Nicodemus, he's telling, listen, this is about water. Not water that you just wash with. Not water that breaks in a womb, amen, to deliver a child. Not that kind of water. This is, this is the water from salvation. You must be born again of water and of spirit. That's what he tells him. Stay with me. It's sad, but the fact is they rejected. The members of the Sanhedrin rejected. Rejected, just flat out rejected. Dude. And, and it's, it's sad. I don't know how to say it other than this. It's sad when people encounter, have an, have an encounter with the Lord. And are still able to reject. You know, there's something about this, and I don't, and you know, I'm not how I feel about feelings. We don't operate in feelings. But there's something about this that one day, just like I said a while ago, one day my world was another world, but one day the Lord talked to me, the Lord dealt with me. And what I had felt before what I thought before, what I enjoyed before was not the same. Oh, come on, somebody get this, please. You're still trying to fit in there. Listen, you're square now. You're not a round peg. You're not gonna, it's not going to work. Come on. We can be in the world. We have to understand we're not of the world. The world didn't give this to me. And we say in the song, the world can't take it away. But it's doing its very best to do so. Now I want to say this, and some of you think that you know you give the devil glory. I'm not giving the devil glory at all. I just want you to know this though. The devil's working overtime. Look at the devil's working. Hallelujah. Make sure I'm working. Hallelujah. The devil's working overtime. Hallelujah. I ain't scared. The devil's working overtime. Oh my God. The devil, oh my God. No. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Why? Because we're close. He knows the more overtime, the harder he's working on you. Amen. That ought to make you more aware. Guess what? He knows he's got but just a little time. He knows things are moving forward fast. And he knows it's about over. Amen. He knows what he's got to face. A bottomless pit. We could talk about hell and torment and that don't affect people today because, you know, that's down the road. I ain't worried about that right now. 
I got bills to pay. I got things to do. I got life to live, and I want to enjoy this life, and I want to have this. And I listen. You better wake up and realize when you see the enemy working overtime, that ought to make us smile and say, "Listen, church, Amen. It's about to happen. The Lord's about to do what He said and what He promised He'll do." Thank God it's going to be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. In a moment, in a twinkling. Thank God that we're not going to have time to try to, you know, fix and try to. Listen, thank God. You know, I want you to know something. When I, when I, I mean, I'm like anybody else. I get down and out. I have issues and depression and, you know, wonder this and why that. Everybody does. That's human. But then when you sit back and say, you know what? Thank God. Thank God he's in control because the devil's seeing all this and we're seeing things funnel right down to just like the Lord had told us it's going to happen. Perilous times in the last days. My Lord, if we're not there, we're awfully close.